Your radio target is locked. And you have reached Strike Point. One master radio stretches its microphones across the Atlantic to bring you Strike Point. Our expert and informative hosts will attack the search industry from Europe to the Americas and beyond. And now, WebmasterRadio.fm presents Strike Point. <laughs> Welcome back to Strike Point. We are live again, and I am back from Iceland. I'm sorry I couldn't make it last week, but I was in a very remote area of Iceland in a vacation house with some good friends. We did not have much internet access there, and in fact, we didn't even have much electricity. We only had small solar panels, so it was only during daytime that we could charge our equipment a little bit, uh, one at a time. Uh, so that was my first time being totally offline for more than a week uh well i had a few moments of online but not enough to um to be on strike point last week unfortunately so i hope you guys uh, did well andy and christian is now away on vacation in spain so he won't be with us today but i'm glad to say that uh, i have andy with me hi andy yeah hi i'm in austria <laughs> so uh, we're all moving about aren't we and we we had great fun last week with uh, when they uh, the, the schoolmaster was away Playing with, mm. the t- with the toolkit, so ho- hopefully people enjoyed what we uh, we put together. I'm sure they did. Uh, today we have a full program lined up for you. Um, we're going to start out with well, some sad news. I would say um, a prominent person in our industry unfortunately died um, this week, and um, it's probably someone that most of you don't know, but you. I guess you know his work. So Andy's going to uh, talk a little bit about that. Um, yeah. And then we're going to talk about links because there's some updates, some confusing updates, I would say, on the Google side. And also follow up a bit on, um, on the things you talked about last week on the ban on adult content uh, or at least specific types of adult content in, um, in Bing and Google and how they have responded so far. And I hope we will get time to discuss uh, mobile, because now more than ever, it is important for you to understand your mobile accessibility on your site. And we're going to talk a little bit about the options and our recommendations and what goes on in that space. But let's uh, uh, jump right into it, and uh, I will hand over the microphone to Andy. So uh, please, Andy, let us know about this uh, unfortunate death this week. Okay, so uh, we're talking about Ilya Segalovich, who, um, with Arkady Volosh, was was one of the two main founders of Yandex, the search engine that um, has become the third largest search engine in the world and is the the dominant search engine in Russia. And uh, this was a particularly poignant um, event for me. I I got an email from Yandex en route to to Austria and was uh, really shocked. Uh, by the news because it's only two months ago that um, I was sitting with Chris Sherman in a conference room in uh, London at um, the International Search Summit there interviewing Ilya live and um, it it just didn't he didn't seem at all ill at the time but I understand um, now that um, you know he'd actually been suffering uh, for some time and um, unfortunately he succumbed to his illness but Let's not dwell on the illness as such, but um, on Ilya the man, because, um, you know, I I consider myself very lucky to have met him and 
got to know him a little um, over the years. And he's just the warmest. I mean, you've got to bear in mind, he's the, the equivalent of Sergei Brin or Larry Page in Russia. He's a, a multi-mega, um, important kind of person. And um, the first time I met him, I was completely terrified um, that I was going to meet this icon. And in reality, um, he was so friendly and down to earth. And I discovered a lot about him uh, that made him seem much more like a human being rather than an icon. So, for instance, he um, uh, uh, donated a lot of his time and money and energy into an orphanage that his wife runs in, uh, in Russia uh, for children, and you, you'd appreciate this, Mikkel. It's a it's um, an orphanage where what they do is use arts and music and creative uh, side yeah. of things to to give orphans a better life. And this is what he did in all of his time. So uh, you know, he was he was yeah. just a great guy. Created a fabulous piece of technology that um, you know, even as he passes, uh, was surpassing its previous year's figures by some ridiculous amount of 30-odd, 35% or something. And, uh, you know, it, it's, a, by the way, he just mention, he was 48 years old, which just, it doesn't seem right <laughs> no, that someone no. so, so young with so much to give should actually not, um, you know, make it, make it through. So, anyway, um, we wish the, the team at Yandex well and uh, our commiserations go to, commiserations, that's not the right word, condolences. Um, go to all of the uh, the people that knew him and his family, friends and colleagues. Yeah, that is very tragic. Yeah, and it reminds me of the. I mean, we're both around that same age. It's, uh, yeah. it's shocking when 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 people at your own age die from things like that. Um, it reminds me how fragile life really is. Um, yeah, it's sad news. Of course, mostly for his family and close ones. But yeah. of course, for our industry as well. Now, now on the subject of, of, of Yandex, because I think a lot of our listeners probably don't know much about how on earth Yandex uh, came around and why they, they, they managed to stay on top of a you know, well, obviously more and more important market uh, and why Google haven't been able to, um, to totally take it over like they have in, in so many other places in the world. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> the part of the reason for that is they were very, very early. Um, Yandex was, um, by the way, the name Yandex was actually invented by Ilya, um, standing for yet another index. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but the, as, as I understand it, this name was uh, created at almost at a very short notice because um, Ilya and uh, Karivalash were working together in a previous um, entity called CompTech, and they were developing technologies that were extracting information from uh, Russian language texts. And they had some venture capital guys that came in and said, look, we, we want to invest. This internet thing is going to be big. Have you got anything to do with the internet? And they said, well, we've got this project here that maybe could be something. Well, they gave it an A, Yandex. And, of course, that it took over everything and became the, the major event as, as such. But I think, the, you know, going back to your point, why why is Yandex so successful in Russia? Well, they, they started early. If you look at when they registered the domain names, they were registering just after Google, literally. And um, they, they dealt with uh, the Russian language much, much better than anyone else did. And it was only in around about 2006 uh, that uh, Google started to really take uh, international and Russia much more seriously. 
when they started doing stemming and, and those kind of te- language, language processing techniques that enabled them to compete more with Russia. And until that time, they really left Russia open uh, for Yandex to have a home run. But I think we also ought to mention that there were other technologies along the way. Yandex was not the first in the early days, and it, it um, you know, uh, succeeded uh, in taking first place thanks to its, the ba- on, on the basis of its own technology. So how did how did Yandex uh, manage as we, we talked about briefly a, a couple of weeks ago? How did they they manage the the, the index challenge, so to speak? Uh, the fact that that so many I mean Yandex is not the only local uh, regional search engine that that started up early, even some of them before Google. But most of them um, have not been able to to stay alive. They've not been able to uh, maintain uh, a quality index. They may have had at least initially, some some uh, some advantages in understanding the language, but as we all know, that is not enough. You still need to have a pretty big index and probably crawling of, of the entire world in order to to create that that local search experience. Right. So, that, so that, in your opinion, is, what did what what did Yandex that, do there? Well, that is exactly what they do. They 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 crawl the globe. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, they 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 literally go out there and crawl all sorts of langu- different language texts as a means of creating this complete entity. And so if you go to yandex.com, you know, the, the English interface, you can actually search in English, you can search in other languages and find text that they've crawled. And they do this because, A, they need to provide these answers to their Russian searches. And by the way, let's not forget, they're not just in Russia, they're in Kazakhstan, they're in uh, Ukraine, they're in uh, Belarus, they're also now in Turkey. So they're, they're, they're a more widely spread uh, organization than perhaps people expect. Yeah. But, um, you know, it, it, what, what they're really doing is they're providing their uh, more local users the ability to search in different languages and different texts. So they are actually proof of the point that you made two weeks ago, which is that in order for local engines to be successful, they've really got to be global. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then based on the global uh, crawling, of course, they can do local filtering, but they need to be global to begin with to understand or to to find all the, the, the content that is relevant for for local audience. Right. So. So on a on a on a on a note on the SO side of it, because I guess a, a lot of our listeners probably have clients or working companies that that have or will be getting uh, interest in in the Russian market. What what makes Yandex um, different from 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 the other engines we are optimizing for? Well, basically, you know, how how do you how do you get good rankings in Yandex? So, is anything at all, if any, you have to consider differently? Outside, of course, naturally, the language. <laughs> yeah. But um, what other things in, in, in your mind is important to pay, pay attention well, it, to? It, it is really about um, the quality of content because one of the things that they're famous for is uh, the use of machine learning. Um, you know, their algorithm is in, almost entirely machine learning based. So they have um, something called Spectrum, which decides on how to deal with different keywords that come in, and that's all based on machine learning. And then they've got MatrixNet, which is their algorithm. Um, and that uses uh, Basically, they set a target for the kind of quality of result that they want users or users of uh, assessors of said that they wish to see for certain types of keywords. And then they use that as a model for how the search engines should work. So, um, you know, quality is the, is, a, is the most important thing of all because the users have got to like what, what they see. And then it's the usual thing of links. And, um, you know, links is slightly different with Yandex to, to Google because the, 
the paid ones are not quite so evil <laughs> as Google thinks they are. Um, but that's but interesting. In general, so, in so they don't. Terms, it, so, so what you're saying is that they, they actually don't condone uh, uh, paid links as much as, as uh, we all know Google does. Uh, well, the, the, it, it, condone isn't perhaps the uh, the right word. I don't, I don't think they 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 think exactly the same as Google does in a way because they're starting from the user experience and delivering the right kind of user quality, um, and so that leads them to to very similar conclusions to Google in many areas. But it's the nature of the beast. It's the nature of the Russian market that they have to cope with the fact that there are very big networks there and they've got to use them at least for discovery, if nothing else, in order to yeah. provide the right uh, results for their users. I always, I always kind of, of had, and I argued that in, in, in numerous uh, articles over the years, that it, it first of all, was... A how does put it? Uh, not a very good strategy, a very good idea to totally abandon or, or, or not value paid links, because in many ways, uh, uh, I mean, we live in a commercial capitalized world where 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 you pay for for a lot of things, you pay for 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 for, for big. Uh, um, visuals in, in, in yellow pages, you know, those that still get the printed books. And and nobody seems to to, uh, to care about that. Companies pay for TV advertising, big advertising in newspapers and billboards and stuff. And and to some degree it it there's a there's a bit of lit uh, in in um, in, in companies that pays a lot to attract a certain type of audience. And and that has a value as well. So so I and and, and Having said that, I, I I don't think that Google necessarily discount paid links the way that they want some webmasters to think. Uh, actually, it's the same line mm. of logic as not valuing no-follow links. I yeah. still believe that they do value them to some degree. Uh, I mean, for in, as the the good example that we, of course. Over over again is all the no followings from Wikipedia, probably yeah. the most heavy editorially controlled website on the on the planet. So yeah. why would you not? Why would you not? And we all know how difficult it is to get a link into Wikipedia, and you only you only allowed to have it there if it is of editorially value. So I'm pretty sure Google put some value into it, and and in the same way. Um, it doesn't make sense not to put any kind of value into paid links. Of course, maybe they should, you know, evaluate them on different standards or, or look at them, you know, with different types of algorithms. But, but uh, definitely, you know, discount them totally is is doesn't make doesn't make sense if what you want to achieve is the best possible index and the best possible search results, and which of course is the case for. Well, the, the big issue is how do you define what a paid link is? You know, when is it paid and when is it not? And, yeah. and then, and then that leads you on to say, well, what is a natural linking pattern? Because if mm. you're a commercial business and you're undertaking marketing efforts that are not directed at SEO or rankings, you end up generating linking patterns that have nothing to do with natural, or or is that natural? <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, the, the question is: Are Google telling us that that capitalism is not natural? You know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Google is a publicly traded. Company, it can't get more <laughs> commercial than that. I mean, it, it, it is it is a natural thing in in our world today that to some degree, you know, you pay for services or you pay for for attention or you pay to reach audience. Uh, that is, in fact, very natural. I think. <laughs> Mikkel, you're not suggesting for one minute that Google is a Soviet organization, are you? <laughs> no, 
absolutely not. It it may it may sound like that sometimes, but definitely not. <laughs> anyway, we are going to talk more about links, but I think it's time to have a very short break. So um, please welcome our sponsors, and we will be back in just a minute. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Ever wondered how you could have access to your own SEO expert, paid search specialist, or social media wizard? Looking for help with your affiliate, display media, or email marketing? Look no further than the folks at Fang Digital Marketing. Fang Digital specializes in both paid and organic search, social media, display, and mobile advertising solutions, and is staffed by industry veterans from Google, Yahoo, and one of the industry's most influential PPC experts. Fang Digital's award-winning staff stays on top of the latest digital trends and offer tailored solutions so they can audit your progress and build a roadmap to your success. Learn more about their expanding range of full-service strategic marketing solutions at fangdigital.com. That's F-A-N-G, digital.com. If you're constantly struggling to find more customers, revenue, or hours in the day, Infusionsoft can help you have the business you've always wanted. For over 10 years, Infusionsoft has been helping business owners just like you find the financial freedom and peace of mind you've been searching for. I'm Scott Martineau, co-founder of Infusionsoft. If you're struggling to find more customers, more revenue, or more hours in the day, Infusionsoft is the proven solution you're looking for. Infusionsoft, the only all-in-one sales and marketing software created specifically for small businesses. Learn more at www.infusionsoft.com slash radio. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is authoritylabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is authoritylabs.com. It's time to get fired up. Fired Up is a show that delivers both business impact and social importance. Our host, Gordon Rudell, will share ideas on how to create higher returns on your communication investments by engaging the people who matter most. Fired Up with Gordon Rudell, on demand anytime, inside the Culture and Business Channel, only on webmasterradio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. Welcome back to Strike Point. We are live again, and you are listening to Mildenip Svensson and Andy Atkins Kruger. Uh, we just been talking about Yandex and the Russian search market, and that kind of led us into a discussion about links. And there's been some updates on LinkedIn. Uh, Google updated uh, the link scheme guidelines, the webmaster guidelines and links. And uh, maybe um, you, um, because as I said, I've been away, so I have been reading up a little bit on, on those changes. But um, maybe, Andy, if you want to explain what happened to um, to the updated guidelines. By the way, it, uh, there's a good article on, um, on Search Engine Land about those updates. Um, so if you go there, I think there's a, there's a link on the front page. It's uh, it's a short uh, short article, but with a lot of comments <laughs> by uh, Barry Schwartz. Um, so, um, Andy, what is it that goes on well, with? Michael, uh, I don't think you should ask me because I'm utterly confused. <laughs> <laughs> Are you confused? I mean, now? <laughs> well, uh, you know, it's um, 
you shouldn't have links in PRs, PR websites or uh, press release websites uh, that are uh, follow links that do follow links that go back to the site, and they shouldn't be. Uh, they shouldn't have rich anchor text or keyword anchor text. Uh, that's all, you know, where this kind of started. But now the sites that uh, have produced content from the websites that have, uh, you know, originally from the press releases. So the press release goes to a, a press release distrib- distribution site and then some journalist picks it up and publishes it. Those sites that, that are publishing these press releases also shouldn't be doing spammy anchor text and, uh, you know, uh, no, do follow links. There should be no following the links back to the the sites. And but this is only you know things that you need to worry about if you're talking about large scale. What is large scale? Is that five hundred or is that five thousand or fifty thousand? You know, it's, it, and and how how is that going to get measured? You know, how do you measure? Is it the number of spammy links that if you've got 5,000 links that are spammy or 5,001, you know, it's, it's all just, I was looking at it and Barry Schwartz did, as you say, did the, the article and summarize it. I thought it was fascinating with the 78 comments that uh, followed it on that I think people generally appreciate that what Google's saying is for goodness sake, don't cheat. Um, but the complexity of it, I mean, if, Google really wants to get webmasters behind them and to support their initiatives, then, you know, having non-anchor text links that are do follow in certain places and, and no follow links in other places. And, you know, it's, it, it all gets a little bit, uh, well, you can see I'm confused because I've just talked about press releases having do follow links and I really meant to say no follow links. So <laughs> um, you, you understand what I mean? It's just there are so many parameters now on linking programs and there was one comment in the in the the thread that said um, Google's <laughs> proposed a headline for an article, you might say, and it said Google's advice on linking schemes that are no longer permitted. Linking schemes, <laughs> <laughs> in other words, all of them. So, yeah. um, but I mean, it, 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 to me, it 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 well it have been for years, but it 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 it, it appears more and more pathetic. Um, I mean, come on, Google, if if there are certain types of links that you don't want to value, then don't. Yes, <laughs> I mean, exactly. If, if, if Google was only half as good as they claim or they want to be, they would not have to have all these confusing uh, uh, updates on, on which links we can use and how to use them or where to use them and whether it should be a keyword ring, which anchor text or not. And, uh, you know, or, or it, 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 it seems, yeah, well, best and you've been pro- And you've been promoting your site using press releases for 15 15- yeah, I mean, press releases were not invented because of Google, <laughs> and, exactly. and, and not, not not even the links within press releases. I mean, we, I, I, I mean, I always, uh, I always, especially when it comes to link, uh, press releases, I always, I always uh, adv- um, advise clients on on using uh, using the links intelligently. For instance, one of one of the advices, and I, I would say even under the new updated uh, guidelines, that would still be a good uh, strategy is to put links in press releases that add value to the press release. So, for instance, let's say that you have some background data, uh, you have a spreadsheet or you have some graphics or you have some additional data that, 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 that supports your press release um, that, that for, for obvious reasons, could not be included in a press release, but maybe because it's graphical or takes too much space or something like that. Uh, those kind of links, 
is, is, is valuable to have in a press release because those who have special interest after reading it can follow the links and, and you know, look at the raw data or, you know, whatever, whatever is, is backing up the press release. And, 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 and I would still claim that those kind of links would, would be good uh, to have. Of course, I mean, as always, when, when, when Google comes up with this, and I understand this is a case as well this time, is that they, they then come up with some, some obscure examples of something that most of us immediately would spot as, as, as uh, well, at least yes. uh, spammy obvious type of, of, of link. Yeah. Obvious examples, you know, where you link all, you know, one keyword after another keyword in a, in a really, really uh, a pool type of writing um, and and it doesn't really matter if that press release or if it's a guest post which is another thing they, they've been been touching on this uh, update oh, um, those those types of information just doesn't have much value to anybody um, so again I think if you if you if you focus and that is definitely I mean we still know that some certain types of, of what Google defines as spammy link schemes still still work. Um, but if you if you're talking press releases and you want to you know build value uh, and 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 bring uh, link value to your sites, then focusing very much on on the value of that press release as it is read by by well any anyone in the target audience, including a journalist, I think is the key to it. And I don't see any reason to um, to move away from that. Uh, a press release is really just a piece of information that other websites can choose to use or not. Whether they're journalists, whether they're bloggers, it, it, it's not really that important. Uh, yeah. The important thing is to reach other people and engage them in, in, in what, you, um, what you have to say. Mm. Well, but I'm very sure it's quite rightly picks out the expression optimized anchor text that's in mm. the guidelines. So you know, what, what that, that must mean then that the anchor text is really good, mustn't it? <laughs> well, I mean, the, 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 and, and that is something that with, 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 there's no doubt, of course, that Google have changed the way that they analyze links. I mean, that happened uh, to a large degree with, with, with uh, Penguin, of course. Um, and, and, and ever since that, and even before that, there's been good evidence that a very... Um, um, uh, what do you call it? A uh, maybe uh, 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 broad type of linking is the best. So that includes, to a large degree, links that doesn't have your keyword. So to, to me, optimized links today includes uh, branded links, so links with just your brand name. Um, yeah. It includes no-follow links because that's part of a natural link uh, 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 profile. And it also includes, to a large degree, links with without keywords in. So, so links, uh, uh, click here links. <laughs> I mean, I mean, as far as I can see from 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 studies and experience, uh, and experience, very often it actually makes sense on a website to make the click here text a link because people actually click on a on a click here. If, if, yeah. I mean, it's it's a, it's a it's a fact of marketing that if you want people to do something, ask them to do it. So if you want yeah. people to click on a link, ask them to click on it. Click here if you want to know more about blah, blah, blah. And, and so those types of links are very, very common, very natural to, to a link profile. So, I mean, that is to me an optimized uh, link scheme, <laughs> if you want to call it I, that. I, I think we also ought to just bear in mind that um, Google, Yandex, Baidu, uh, the major search engines of the world have all got to their um, high-ranking positions to to a large extent 
from a reliance upon analyzing patterns. So, yeah. so in, in a way, it's their responsibility to do that and to do it well. Yeah. So also in, in this update, as I understand it, they, they're talking about um, uh, advertorials, which is something that they have mentioned um, in, in the past as well. Um, and also um, guest blocking or writing uh, guest articles. And again, they use uh, this large scale link uh, optimized uh, approach to it uh, so they're not specifically saying that you should never guest block uh, not specifically saying you should never yeah. um, engage in any of those activities but if 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 you scale it up too much that's uh, that's what they now are warning uh, warning against but again what is uh, what is scaled up too much? I think you know. In 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 my opinion, and what I've what I've seen, I, I worked a lot with very competitive industries like gambling and and uh, and uh, travel industries and things like that. And um, the most common mistakes I see uh, 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 SEOs, webmasters, or those types of sites are doing is that they find they have found the golden way of making links. They found one great way of making links, and it worked for them. So then instead. Yeah. Of, of just doing that 10% of the time, they end up doing it 90% of the time. And I think that is really the key to a too obvious link scheme type of, of, of strategy. I mean, if, if 90% of your links is is keyword-rich optimized press releases or uh, keyword-rich optimized uh, guest blocking, that will hurt you. But maybe not so much because it's a keyword-rich optimized press release or guest block, but because that's the majority of the links you have. If, if any type of, any, you know, definable specific type of links that you, you engage, is, engage in is only a, a small percentage of your online profile, then I really doubt that, that uh, these activities are going are gonna to hurt you. Hmm. Yes, that, that would be much more natural. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, it, it's it's... The natural, the natural link, a natural link profile. If you look at all websites in the world and look at the link profiles, they consist of of all kinds of of links, yeah. um, as we mentioned already, paid links and no-follow links and and press releases and and guest blocking and you know all kinds of links. And and um, as long as uh, no one of them, no single one of them. Are getting too dominant. Uh, I would not be be um, to be too worried about it. And the fact that Google is now going out and saying that you should stay away from 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 these particular tactics is actually to me a very good um, <laughs> example of why it is illustration of why it is not such a big problem because. As we, we started out saying, if they if they were so good at identifying it, uh, they wouldn't have to 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 try and scare webmasters from from doing it. I mean, we we've seen it's you know it, we, Google have definitely used this uh, strategy so many times over the years that well, at least the one of us that have been in this industry too long, I guess, is not so scared about this scare straight type of of strategy anymore. Um, they, they, I mean, so often been doing it. I, I remember. I think one of the first cases that I s- noticed or you know saw proof that Google was faking it, so to speak, um, was in the very early days of SEO back in the early two thousands um, on their warnings against cloaking. And mm-hmm. and I even talked to 
which was quite funny. I talked to Daniel Dulitz, um, an old uh, Google employee who was uh, apparently uh, behind Google's anti-cloaking technology. <laughs> I'm not sure it even existed, but I had to tease him a lot back then because either it did not exist or it did not work. <laughs> <laughs> but they did. They did nevertheless manage to scare off a lot of webmasters for using um, cloaking or cloaking-like uh, uh, um, strategies, even when it was l totally legit, you know, back, especially back then, today, luckily enough, most, uh, most, most uh, website owners and companies are, have, have, are not doing that strategy anymore. But, but back then, there was still a lot of websites that were pure graphical or pure uh, uh, flash-based, as we all know, that doesn't really work that well with SEO. And, and, and some of, of course, you know, as SEOs, we were trying to convince these companies to go for more, you know, uh, text-rich <laughs> representation of, of, of their content. Uh, but some of them refused to do that. And so they got zero traffic from search. And, and as a, as a, as a, you know, alternative strategy to, to changing the entire website, some of them, you know, chose to, to serve up text versions of their flash or graphical content, maybe not even, uh, in most cases, not even with different content, but, but basically the same content that was just represented in, 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 in graphics or, or flash. That is, to me, a totally legitimate use of, 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 of cloaking. Of course, I would say it's a better strategy to, to, to create a more you know, content-rich website with, with real text. Um, and... and it actually still, you know, I haven't because, as I said, for most of most times we actually manage now to convince uh, uh, companies to go with a more um, content-rich strategy. Uh, so we, we, it's actually a long time ago that that I've been dealing with companies uh, uh, doing cloaking, but just the other day I, I met with with an old colleague that uh, was still, you know, doing for certain types of websites a lot of cloaking, and the fact is. The technology that Daniel Dulitz supposedly <laughs> developed back 10, 12 years ago still work just as bad as it did back then. <laughs> so in other words, yeah. if, 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 if users get what they expect, if, uh, and coming back to what you said about Yandex, if people do a, uh, users do a search and they click on a link and they're happy for what they find and, and Google can identify that by all the user metrics uh, that they get from the toolbar and Chrome. People stay on the site. They click deeper into the site and they buy things from the site. Then I guess that result deserves to be there, whether it is with paid links, whether it is with uh, distributed press releases or whether it is cloaked or not. Um, and I think that is that is really in, 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 in a way good news for both users and, and SEOs. That I think that all these other variables, um, how do a search user behave once they have clicked on a link becomes more and more important. And therefore it can either back up the link profiles, social profiles that Google find, or it can discourage it because, uh, well, if, 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 if you're number one in Google because you build a ton of links or because you cloaked or because whatever you did, and nobody stays on that side. Everybody 
click back to uh, or backlink to uh, or go back to, to to Google, and then no nobody buys that. Then that is a clear signal, of course, to Google that that is it's probably not right to put it in the top of search results. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you entirely there. I think I think one of the things that um, is you know the click through rate from the the SERPs uh, is a is an important uh, measure, even if it's not used directly algorithm all the time. It's an important measure of whether there's a good quality of result from Google's perspective. And one of the things that I think uh, people ought to consider doing more often, I think we, we actually had this conversation at the conference recently, is to be doing more analysis of webmaster tools because there's a lot of, there's a lot of information in there about the click-through rate from the SERPs. And there's also an awful lot of people that have high-ranking pages from keywords for which they get a very low click-through rate. And so, you know, Maybe maybe some time spent trying to improve the attractiveness of the result or even the attractiveness of the proposition might get people to click through more often and generate more business. And the rank's already there for now. I, w- I would, of course, uh, I would, uh, however, put a bit of a warning. And, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure because, you know, it, it would probably take me a lifetime to analyze it, but there seems to be a something wrong with the data and webmaster tools to click through data. Uh, I don't know if it is mostly within smaller regions like like the Danish market that I'm in, um, or if it is just a, a, a random problem. But I've, I've I've seen over and over again really really obscure type of of click through data in in webmaster tools, and sometimes it's very easy to spot it. Like some of the last examples I was looking at was you know keywords that were supposedly had a, a position 30 or 40 or 50 click-through rate of 60, 65%. And that's not going to happen. <laughs> yeah, but Michael, did you, is, that it, is that after you've filtered for, for different countries and regions and so on? Because the, what, what's, what happens is those figures get distorted if you're not filtering for the particular country that you're looking at. But the click-through rate showing you the, re- the, the average click-through rate throughout the whole world as it is for the rank. So you can get some very distorted figures. But if you filter it down to the right country, it generally makes a lot more sense. Yeah, but also, I mean, I haven't been able to get, for, for, for some of those examples, I haven't been able to get cor- what I would consider correct data. And these right. are just the most obvious examples where I can say, okay, this is, there's something wrong here. But it also leads me to the conclusion that maybe we should be careful and at least have a way of verifying the data. So, so don't. My, my my main thing here is don't just blindly trust that that, that data, yeah. but use it together with other data. I mean, it's also like the the the, the number of clicks a Google report often is is very way off um, from the actual number of clicks we get when we look at uh, uh, our, our, our uh, analytics data. It also actually ties into, um, and I don't know if you experience it because you have more experience with, with a lot of different uh, markets than I have. We also see the same thing with, uh, with, with keyword research uh, in, in Google uh, Keyword Planner, as it is now, um, where for certain phrases that Globally, of course, have very few searches. You know, searches uh, keywords that in, in Danish, for instance, only maybe have a few hundred searches a month. Um, very often, what we see is that Google, in in their keyword tool, report less searches a month for a particular keyword than we actually get traffic. <laughs> mm, yeah. So, so I mean, and we get that's, more traffic on a keyword. Thing, that's a Google different case, reporters. though, Michael. 
that, that's a different case because that's with a keyword tool, what you're looking at is a sample um, of, of data. So, and it's a relatively small sample of the global data. So you're looking at a slice, um, which means that you do get these distortions. You can get keywords that are completely missed because they happen not to be in the slice of data that was looked at, which is then extrapolated up to give it a sort of a global volume. Um, so, you know, that's... that's, that's that when, when those slices are too small or too thin, uh, yes, the, but the, the much, data seem to be more skewed. I mean, Webmaster Tools, to some extent, is, is a slice of data as well, but it, it's much more precise. It's much closer to the, uh, you know, the, how, what I'm trying to say is the slice is bigger, right? <laughs> in, in, in the keyword system, the slice is much thinner, and so it's much more likely to be off. But you can usually <laughs> compensate for it. In, in any case, uh, I mean, it's very rare, actually, that I would conclude anything that would lead me into dramatic changes of a strategy based on just one tool. And it, it really doesn't matter if it's Webmaster Tools or if it's Keyword Planner or if it's SEO Majestic or <laughs> any any type of tool. I always like to verify that they are using multiple sources. So if 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 multiple sources tells me the same thing, give me the same patterns uh, in the same directions and then it kind of verifies each other and, and that's that seems to me uh, like a much better uh, strategy yeah i agree and verification of the data is key you know that that's the a good way to to check the data is to have some something that you can compare and compare that Okay, I think, unfortunately, we need to take a, a short break. Not unfortunately, because we do appreciate our sponsors because they are the ones that keep this live, this show live and alive. <laughs> so um, please uh, stay with us for a couple of minutes and welcome our sponsors and we will be back. Sit tight and don't move. Strike point. We'll be back after this short break. Only on webmasterradio.fm. <laughs> I'm John Ball, and I'm one of the founders of Page One Power. Page One Power is a custom link building firm based in Boise, Idaho. We increase search rankings and web traffic for world-class brands and mom-and-pop shops all around the globe. Our link building strategies work because we focus on relevancy and quality, and we don't outsource anything. Our in-house staff of professional writers and researchers is the best in the industry. We're the link builders you've been looking for. Visit us today at pageonepower.com. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use certifiedknowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Mobilizing your marketing efforts. Welcome to Mobile Presence. Discover the best practices for tracking and targeting mobile marketing. Mobile presence on demand anytime inside the Internet Marketing Channel, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Now, back to Strike Point, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. 
Welcome back to Strike Point and the last segment of today's show. You're listening to Mikkel Demip Svensson, Andy Atkins Kruger. We were just talking about links and uh, I want to um, have a, a few moments on um, the things that you talked about last week on um, on UK apparently wanting to put some type of ban on certain types of adult surgeries and something has happened in that uh, area uh, since last week. So could you uh, update on that being from right. the UK? So, and <laughs> yeah, yeah. So what, what happened in the UK was that David Cameron said that um, the it was not right, uh, childhood was being corroded, that people could get through to porn and that therefore there should be some kind of filter on every household in the UK. Uh, there's a few things that have happened since then. There's been a lot of debate about whether it's actually technically possible. Then it was discovered that the system that um, uh, he was actually suggesting as an example of a system that works well was actually run by a Chinese company that with links to the Chinese government. So that kind of <laughs> skewed things a little bit. And then <laughs> we've just seen in the last uh, couple of days that um, Bing has actually started to add warnings Um, to people who are uh, using child porn-related queries, um, and it's giving them a warning. Um, it's not clear to me whether or not they can still click through from the warning, but uh, they are putting some kind of pop-up in place so that people um, are warned that they're not supposed to go where they are. You know, the fact that it's telling them that the material that they're trying to access is actually illegal, whereas. Google actually said that it wasn't possible to do this. They work with foundations that try and find all these sites and try and remove them from the results rather than putting a pop-up in place. So there's an interesting little, uh, you know, dynamic between Google and Bing here with Bing sort of cooperating with UK wishes and uh, Google deciding not to for whatever reason. I think you know the whole the whole idea. Now I wasn't in on, on last week's show, so I'm just going to add my, my my comments to this. I mean the whole the whole idea that I'm I'm I truly believe to an extreme extent in in free speech, uh, and and to me free speech and free sharing of thoughts and ideas, not actions, uh, but ideas and thoughts, um, should not be be limited. I think if people want to argue. For stupid, for things that I find stupid, pedophilia or or some of the the obscure ideas about the world that some some extreme religious people think, you know, they should be allowed to argue that and discuss it. Um, I I don't say agree with them, and they're probably never going to get their way with it. But I I think the whole idea of limiting thoughts and 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 speech is 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 you know essentially wrong. But I also think it's impossible, and I think it's it's. It's uh, crazy to to have the idea that just because it is possible within one media, the internet, to and we're going to get back to that in a second, to do it to some degree, then we should do it. Because why not limit what people talk about in bars? You know, yeah. <laughs> you know why not <laughs> limit what people talk about in on phones? You know, it, yeah. I mean, people don't just discuss ideas on the web. You know, we, we, we still yeah, have a life offline. <laughs> I, I, I sympathize with your point of view, uh, Michael, but I think that there is, that free speech has to have a responsible aspect to it. For instance, one one area that I totally sympathize with is sites that give people advice on how to commit suicide, you know, or, or to hurt other people. 
you know, they're, 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 those are particularly risky kind of sites. But um, I, I think in general, there there is a, a big risk on the other side of the coin with uh, where do you draw the line if you are going to filter things and censor them? And I think the only way you can do it is to say it's got to be if if the material is is uh, it is legal, then you should be able to find it. If, yeah, but if the material is illegal, then the problem you've got is that different nations around the world have got different concepts of what's legal and what isn't. And really, we're going to have to end up with a global concept of legal and not legal for content that can access. And I don't, I don't want my children, for instance, to be going online and finding things to do that they really shouldn't be uh, able to get to. And, and I wouldn't let some. No, but I think that that responsi- responsibility lies within humans, not within. Uh, I mean, it, the responsibility as a parent is to educate our children about how to filter the information that they get in the world, whether it's online or offline. You know, it doesn't matter where they get information. Our responsibility as parents is to teach them how to filter that information. Uh, I agree. I agree with you, but I'm just saying there's like a there's a, a small area uh, where there is a limit, and it's a very small area. That's that's the only, the only the only area I'm differing with you is a tiny little part that I think is a danger to uh, to the pe- to people and to families and, and and I think that's the only limit. But for instance, porn in general. Here we're talking about child porn and paedophilia and that kind of stuff. But in general, porn, how would you limit that? I mean, that's, I mean, there was this thing that David Cameron actually had to go on record and say that Fifty Shades of Grey, <laughs> that book that's been so popular, would not be filtered by it. <laughs> so. Yeah. And, and and also, I mean, uh, um, uh, the, what, what, I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm, just as much against the the ugly type of pedophilia and, and abuse of children as we as we most of us are, uh, but if if you know if if realistically if you look objectively on it, what is what is child porn? You know because is uh, the the famous no- novel uh, Lolita should that be filtered out? <laughs> well, <laughs> isn't that, isn't that essentially child porn? Should that be filtered out? Uh, you know, what about the the the, the in, in 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 comic books, uh, especially some of the the anime um, Japanese style, uh, uh, type, where, where there's also elements of 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 of, of that. Um, and what about the fact that we we have no global agreement on 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 when. Uh, 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 children and with who can be sexually active? I, I, as far as I remember, some some countries have uh, the the the, the yeah. limits set to as low as twelve or thirteen years, and in other countries it's as high as sixteen or eighteen years. I mean, there's not there's not a global acceptance uh, on, on on things like that. And again, I'm I'm, I'm not condoning uh, uh, any kind of of cruelty or abuse of, of of children. It's just not that easy. But but even if we could agree, so let's move on from there because that is a difficult subject in itself. But let's let's then move on and say okay that we, we could agree. Uh, and the examples you said, uh, teaching people how to kill themselves or things like that. Um, even if we did agree, that should be filled out. Is it possible at all? And and I would I would claim that it's that it's not. I mean, well, Google does already filter suicide to bring on board, and yet there's tons of examples of you know now it's totally impossible to bring a can of coke on the flight, but 
there's still tons of examples of how you can pick up knives in, in the transit area of, of, of airports and bring it on a plane and how they, they very often fail in, in much, much more serious uh, security issues. But sure, now we, we can't get drinks and <laughs> bring drinks on the airline. They have, they have succeeded with that. But they, they seem to be much more focused on what um, what the press brings on, what the politicians bring on. And then, you know, they it's like we, we had in Denmark that uh, um, uh, uh, we put a ban on, uh, on certain kinds of file sharing sites like the, uh, the Pirate Bay. Um, so the politicians said, no, of course, based on, on, the, on the copyright uh, lobbyist uh, saying we, we don't want people to have access to Pirate Bay because essentially they're going there to find uh, and, and, and share legal um, or distribute illegal uh, copies. So the politicians got what they wanted. They, they, they removed, um, they made a block on DNS lab. But if you look at stats, Pirate Bay is still one of the most visited websites in Denmark. It it doesn't work because, as we all know, a, a lot of people, for other reasons as well, are not using the local ISP DNS anyway. A lot of people are using Open DNS or Google's DNS, and Google's DNS is not blocking Pirate Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, Open DNS is not blocking Pirate Bay, and this this is I mean this is not even something you have to be a hacker to avoid. I mean everybody, even my father, would be able to change his DNS with a very very simple instruction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I don't even, it, 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 as far as I know, it's not even illegal to decide to use a different DNS than what your ISP is providing with you. So so again, you know, politicians will get something that looks like they fixed it. But they won't fix it. So, so if what we want, going back to 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 the porn uh, things, if what we want is to make sure that our children are not put in any risk of being violated by by cruel uh, pedophiles, we need to do something else than filter Google and Bing search results because that's not going to help. It may look good, but it's not going to change the world. It's not going to going to look good. Anyway, this is a, a discussion that we could probably bring up again a few times. Unfortunately, we're running out of time. And one thing we wanted to talk about today, mobile, we will have to talk about next time. Because as usual, we we talk too much. Um, so um, we are going to be back next week live. I hope uh, Christian is going to be back and he's probably going to be on the show. Uh, thank you very much, Andy, for being here today. Thank you. Uh, and uh, we, you're going to be back in uh, two weeks, I think. Um, yep. And we're going to have a good time there. So, thank you very much. See you all next week. Bye-bye. This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.WebmasterRadio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.